Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. It's great to be with you this morning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, It's been wonderful to just worship with you this morning on this Pentecost Sunday. I don't know if you're excited about that, but I, I think every day, is, every day is Pentecost Sunday for me. So I don't, I'm pretty expecting that God is just the same God on this day as any other day, but it is exciting to celebrate. I used to be quite scared of the word Pentecost because it's very close to the word Pentecostal. <laughs> and that used to be quite scary for me growing up. It was uh, made me, you know, all sorts of things would conjure up. And uh, here at Kalamunda, we are a spirit-filled church. We're a spirit-led church. And it's not to make you weird. It's to make you spiritual. It's to grow you. And we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know that the the Holy Spirit uh, baptizes us into the Jesus, into the body. Uh, We are baptized into the body of Christ, that conversion. And a lot of people, and with the church that I grew up in anyway, were, uh, uh, struggled. That, that was all there was. Oh, you're baptized into the body of Christ. And, and then there's also water baptism, which disciples do. Disciples baptize people in water. If you're a believer here, you can baptize a, another believer in water. But Jesus, in all four Gospels, recorded and promised in all four Gospels, just like the death, burial and resurrection are in all four Gospels, he also said in all four of them that he would baptise in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And that's not the same baptism as the Holy Spirit baptizing you into the body of Christ. The baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives is, is for empowerment for service. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. You'll be bold. You'll be courageous. And you'll have a power, a God kind of power in your life to testify of Jesus. Yeah, And you need that power when you walk out this morning. Amen. So we're going to be praying for that, that, a fresh sense of that power this morning. But we're in this series on the Holy Spirit, and, um, and we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And the gifts are really important, and I just want to go back and correct something I said at the start of this series and ask your forgiveness, but I got something wrong. I got something wrong, believe it or not. I know, why didn't anybody tell me? I was lying in bed last night, and I was like, that's wrong. Why did I say that? Gee, there's such a graceful community here. Maybe you didn't pick it up. It's not totally wrong, but I talked about how there's nine fruits of the Spirit and there's nine gifts of the Spirit and how God is about balance and that's why fruit and gifts are so important and we're not one or the other. But you know, there is nine gifts of the Spirit in that one section of Scripture, but there's a whole lot of other gifts of the Spirit. So I'm just sorry about that. There's more than nine. There's heaps. There's the gift of helps, administration, hospitality. There's so many other gifts. And so we'll be here for three years going through all the gifts. Not really. Well, we might. But uh, we're in the fruit, and I'm passionate about the fruit because I'm passionate because I want to be a Christian who not just has charisma to get me somewhere, but character to keep me somewhere. And we want to be people of character that God is growing and showing us of, of, of who we are on the inside. And the fruit of the Spirit is the description of your new nature. The fruit of the Spirit is who you really are on the inside and you can draw on that new nature to keep cultivating and developing who you are. We've been looking at the fact that on the first slide we are love, joy, peace, 
patience or forbearance is the one today, patience and kindness. And I'm going to be looking into those this morning. I've only been managing to get through one fruit at a time, but I'm going to really try hard now to get through two this morning. And then also pray for people that want to receive the Holy Spirit that have never actually asked to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, when I received the Holy Spirit, I was a Christian, but I never understood that. that but wait, there's more. I never understood that I, I could be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And when I went along to this youth group, this Pentecostal youth group, and that's when it really freaked me out. And I was, what's going on here? And the leader said, Brad, you just got to read the book of Acts, get a grounding in the Word. So I read the Word and the Word informed me that there is more, that it wasn't just for then and there, but it is for now and here. Amen. And so I prayed and I went forward at the front of a church for 500 people, thinking that everyone, sorry if you've heard the story, I thought everyone was going forward to receive the Holy Spirit. I looked around, I was the only one down here. And this guy prayed and did some stuff and prayed over me and that Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And, and really when we pray that, we're really praying for you to be receiving the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the baptizer. He baptizes you. We're there to Paul laid hands on people and they received. It's about helping you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have him in you, but he wants to baptize you and fill you with the power. to it. And you know if you don't have it. I knew I didn't have it. I knew I did not have what I was seeing and what I was reading. And let, let, let the Word inform your theology, not your experience. Oh, well, I don't see that happening. Well, if it's in the Word, believe it and receive it. And so uh, that, uh, nothing happened in that service. I didn't fall over, didn't shake, rattle or roll or anything. But I walked away and, just, and he just said, just believe and receive because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. We sing a song called Fresh Wind. It says, pour your spirit out. And he has been poured out. And yes, I believe in multiple pourings out. In the book of Acts, there were different fillings and, and, and even in the... Um, different times and God can do anything and I would never limit him but one thing I know for sure you don't need to wait anymore to receive the Holy Spirit there is not like this waiting oh, it's going to happen one day it's been he's been poured out the gift is for you for your children's children for all that the Lord God will call Acts 2 around 42 there and and so the promise is for us and so I remember that night I was in my room and I just said, Lord, I don't, nothing really happened at church. I don't know what's going on, but I just, I'm just believing. And I, I believe that there was just a significant moment of me receiving the Holy Spirit on my own, just on my own. I woke up in the morning and something was different. I remember in 2006, my dad, who had been a Christian for about 30 years, didn't have a hunger for the Bible, wasn't really interested, um, would go to church, just sort of go along, show up and just do the thing, you know. And I was going to this conference in Adelaide and he thought he'd tag along to go sightseeing. And it was a four day long conference at this church. And he said, I'll go to the first session with you. Come to the first session. And uh, <laughs> it was so funny because they're trying to sell their CDs and sell their music. And he's like cynical sitting next to me going, they just want money, this church. And they just, well, he bought two CDs at the end of this conference. And anyway, at the end of the service, I thought the first guy that preached, I was like, this is, this is pretty boring. But God was speaking to my dad and he went down the front at the end of that service and just God just touched him. And he just, he just, on the way home on the plane, he read the Bible the whole way and he said to me, Brad, this is the first time I've ever understood what I'm reading. See, the Holy Spirit changes things. He illuminates this word. He turns it from boring to living. He turns it from just words to food in your life. 
And so when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, and he, I remember we went back to our little church, and he, I said, what are you going to tell people? He goes, I don't know. I can't tell them I've been baptised in the Holy Spirit. That'll just freak everyone out. But that's what happened. He's the only way he could describe it. He changes things. But the fruit is so important in our life. So we're going to talk about patience right now. You ready? Be patient with me. Do you think, are you a patient person? No. <laughs> what do we want? Patience. When do we want it? Yeah. That's right. That's what people say. Um, yeah, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience, or other translations, forbearance, long-suffering. These are the words to describe it. Perseverance, patience. I'm here to tell you that actually you are a patient person because remember, the fruit of the Spirit is on the inside of you and every day in, every, in your life you get opportunities to either yield to the fruit or in context of Galatians 5, yield to your flesh. Yeah. So your flesh produces all them acts of the flesh which are sinful and, and lead to uh, death and are carnal. But when you yield to the Spirit, when you yield to that, you get life and so remember he's already deposited in you it's a matter of cultivating patience by taking the opportunities which don't we get a lot of to yield to patience just get in your car and try and drive somewhere opportunity to yield to patience go to Woolworths on a Saturday about four o'clock and yield to patience if we live in a world where nobody wants to be patient it's like it's it's abnormal um, but when we yield to the Holy Spirit uh, we are yielding to the fruit of the Spirit. So in other words, impatience is when we yield to our flesh. So when you are being impatient, you're not yielding, you're not walking in the Spirit anymore. It's a sin. It really is actually a sin. It's like one of them religious sins that goes under the radar that's like it's acceptable, you know. But it's actually when we're, not, when we're yielding to the flesh in impatience and causing anger and causing frustration and causing rage to, the, to one degree, we're yielding to our flesh. We're not yielding to the Holy Spirit and therefore we're not walking in the Spirit. We're walking in the flesh and we'll produce th uh, um, the fruit of the flesh. Amen? And we don't want to do that because we don't have to. We actually have the power of the Holy Spirit to yield and to like draw upon patience on the inside of us. I want to tell you this, that impatience um, is one of the most, uh, Im sorry, impatience has the potential to stop you from receiving God's promises. Impatience is a thief and a robber and it will steal God's best for you. Impatience in relationships may steal God's best for your relationships. Impatience in finances may steal God's best for you with what he's got planned for your finances. Impatience in business may steal what God's got to you. Let me prove it to you from the Bible. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says this. It says, We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those, catch this, who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now, now he gives an example. Now he goes, let me tell you about somebody called Abraham. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Verse 15. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Bible says we're to add to our faith patience perseverance, 
Faith and patience together inherit God's promises in your life. It's not just faith and people, that's why people don't see God's promises in their life a lot of time because they think the faith is for here and now. Yes, it is. But there are some promises in God and I want to encourage people today that are holding on to a promise. That it's not just faith, but it's the patience that you put with your faith that is a powerful weapon to inherit God's best for your life. But it requires drawing and leaning on the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of you and He is so patient did you know he's so patient he's got the patience of God himself because he is God himself so patient Abraham had a promise from God who knows I'm not going to go there but in Genesis 12 God said three things to Abraham he promised him I'll give you many descendants as many as the stars are in the sky he also said I'll make your name great and he also said you'll be a blessing to all nations. He had these promises, the Abraham promises. Did you know for him to, from that promise to when Isaac was born, the promised child was 25 years. Abraham had to wait and have patience and hold on to God's promises. That's what faith does. It attaches itself to the promises of God as a foundation and won't let go. Patience is a powerful weapon. In fact, uh, after Abraham died, there was 2,000, nearly 2,000 years ago and later, um, the promise of God to Abraham had been fulfilled through the death, resurrection uh, of Jesus. In these ways, all who believe are counted as the legal descendants of Abraham, Galatians 3.7. God has made the name of Abraham great through the work of Jesus, uh, Galatians 3.9. And in and through Jesus, the blessing of Abraham came to all nations. Make sense? The blessing of Abraham's come down. And so, in a sense, his patient waiting was even after his death. I'm really hoping that even when I'm gone from this world and I step into eternity face to face, there will be promises for my life that continue to go in the next generation and in other people's lives, yeah? That we keep seeing it because we're just going to hold on and wait patiently. Some things are worth waiting for, don't you think? Some things are worth the wait. Abraham's patience was rooted and grounded in God's promise and provision and ours needs to be as well. I'm not much of a fisherman. I don't know, do we have any fishermen here? People that fish, a few fishermen. I'm told that in, in fishing, uh, there are times when you're fishing and because I just want to catch the fish. I, my main place I do fish is at the fish and chip shop. But I just want to catch the fish. I just want the instant result. But I'm told that when you hook a fish... Um, it actually can take a bit of time to reel it in. Is that true? Fishes? And, and in, in fact, it actually takes a bit of skillful effort, I'm told. And, it's, it's, does it, and it may require a lot of your energy. So it's not actually a passive thing to reel in a fish. Does that make sense? So when you get God's promise in your life, it's when it's hooked. When you trust God and believe Him, you have hooked God's promise in your life. It is there. You believe it. You may not see it, but you've got it. You, you believe it. You trust it. God's got a promise for me. This is the promise. And then there's patience is like reeling it in. And sometimes it goes back and forward and you've got to struggle a bit. And, and it's that waiting. It's, it's actively being patient, but still reeling it in. And you know what? The bigger the fish... Maybe the bigger the patience. The bigger your promise, maybe you've got to have bigger patience. Come on, maybe you're waiting. So I want to encourage you in that. Don't rush the things of God. We live in a world that doesn't like saying that, doesn't it? We live in a world where we're in a microwave world serving a slow cooker God. 
God's into slow cookers. God's into maturity. God's into maturing you and growing you. And we want the microwave experience. We live in a now culture where we want to buy now, pay later. And we usually do have to pay later when we buy in all senses of that. Try before you buy in every sense of that. And it's all instant gratification uh, that we want. The screens in our hands, uh, just one touch of a screen, uh, we, we find it hard to be patient. Patient has become abnormal and an unrealistic expectation in this society. It's not, it's not real. Um, but what, we are, what are we missing out on in our spiritual inheritance and God moments when we don't have patience the good news i want to give you this morning is that we need we can be by drawing on this fruit of the spirit a people of difference that god kind of patience that is in us we can draw on that but it starts by making a confession out of your mouth and saying i am who god says i am i am a patient person you might not feel like it but do you feel righteous all the time you are righteous all the time, but you don't feel righteous all the time. Are you patient all the time? No. good thing about patience is we, we, we just get so much opportunity to have another go. <laughs> and so we don't fail, we just keep moving forward. Biblical patience could be described as this, the will to wait. The will to wait. Uh, patience in the Bible is a quality or virtue that involves endurance, steadfastness, confidence, restraint, perseverance and also hope it's remaining steadfast to the end and it is especially exercised when you are facing opposition and trials in your life yeah but uh, it is not the same as passivity being passive or inaction but rather a way of not giving up um, and not giving in to anger or fretting let me read you this proverb proverbs 15 18 a hot tempered person stirs up conflict but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. You might have been said over your life and you might say, I have the temper of my dad. I'm here to tell you, you actually have the patience of your heavenly father. What are you going to inherit? Are you going to believe what you've inherited physically or are you going to believe in the spiritual inheritance that is in you? You have it. You have it already. You don't need to try and get it. So it's a matter of drawing on it and taking opportunities and maybe starting to really develop that in your life. It's exciting to develop these fruits. I'm loving preaching this series because, you know, when you teach something, you get so much more out of it. But I'm really praying for you that all week long you're seeing these opportunities to see this fruit grow so that the world around you will taste and see that the Lord is good. We have His patience. We get it from God. It's inherited to us. I love the verses in the Bible. There's many that talk about being slow to anger. God is slow to anger. That's his nature. He is ready to forgive, Nehemiah 9.17. He's the God of not the second chance and third chance. He's the God of forever chances. In fact, it says this in 2 Peter 3.9. It says, this is God's kind of patience. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you. Hear that this morning. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Therefore, our patience with people that we express is so important because it needs to be founded on God's love for them. It needs to be founded on the fact that God wants to see them in relationship with him. And he's going to be so patient with them. And when we express that, we're showing them what God is like. And you know, the people that you get to really express it with is the people that I told you about. They're called your sandpaper person. And he said, if you don't know who your sandpaper person is, you are the sandpaper person. (laughs) 
The sandpaper people that rub you that wrong way, they give you opportunity to express your patience. And it's in those development moments where you can grow and grow and grow in God. But it requires, it's easy to be patient with somebody who is easy to be patient with. But it's in these times, it's when the fruit is really cultivated in those hard times. Say, I am patient. Amen. Let's move on to kindness. Patience and kindness. So they sort of go together. Romans 2.4 says this, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing, catch this, that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Don't you love that? God's judgment is going to lead you. God's, God's ju- No, it doesn't say that, does it? It's what leads you to repentance. The kindness of God is what God uses as a draw card to bring people to Him. He doesn't use harshness, rudeness. He doesn't use meanness. <clears throat> he doesn't use fear. It's His kindness that it draws people to repentance to come to Him. I love that thought. I love the Psalm 63.3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. The Greek word for kindness is this word, uh, uh, it's a hard word to say, uh, krestos, something like that. And this is funny because when I looked up the definition, it means benignity, which I didn't know what that meant, so I had to look up that definition. And that word means kindness or tolerance towards others tender concern uprightness it's the kindness of heart and the kindness of action see just like the kindness of God that leads people to repentance it was his kindness that led him to leave the luxury of heaven and put on skin and come to earth and relate to you and me on our turf it was his kindness that led him to do that and kindness true biblical kindness from the Holy Spirit always has action with it It's never just a heart sentiment. It has action cultivating. So let me give you a key to cultivate kindness in our lives. Number one, well, there's only one. Here, this is my one key, so don't miss it, is slow down, be patient, and look for the opportunities God is giving you to draw kindness out. See, patience, we often miss God's best Because we are running according to our calendar. And kindness cannot show up often when we haven't been in patience, not not being patient, because kindness can show up better in the atmosphere when you're being patient and seeing what you don't see. See, Jesus in Mark chapter 5, he was on his way to heal a man named Jairus' daughter. She was sick and going to die. And Jesus is on his way there. And if I was Jairus, I'd be like, thank you, Lord. He's coming to heal my daughter. So good. And, and you're walking away. And then suddenly the Bible says on his calendar appointment, something happened. And this woman with the, an issue of blood, she'd been bleeding for about 12 years and she was not in a good way. And she came up behind the crowd and she moved in to touch Jesus's garment because she believed that just healing would be in his wings. She believed just touching his garment, if I can just touch it, I'll be healed. And right there and then, as Jesus is on his way, on his calendar appointment, something happens, there's an interruption and she touches him and he stops and he turns around and he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, everybody. There's like a whole crowd here. What do you mean who? And he said, no, I felt power go out from me. Somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me differently. That's a whole nother sermon there. Come on. If you you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you receive with faith. 
and belief that I receive what has already been poured out. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the gift. And he touched him with faith. And, he, and, the, and this, this woman shows up and, and, and basically, long story short, Jesus uh, uh, said, your faith has healed you, go in peace. But what I love about this story is that Jesus wasn't so busy to not stop and show kindness in his schedule. Here's a good quote. We need to sometimes throw out our calendar to get God's appointments. I wrote that one too, by the way. That was, that was my heart. I just thought that when I read that story. Often interruptions are opportunities for kindness. On Thursday night, I was at Woolworths car park at Kalamunda, uh, and I was, it was uh, just about dark, and so, so trying to get home, not being very patient, and open my car door, and I just hear this sound of something dropping. And then I look down, and um, I see this like purse or wallet. And I thought it was one of my kids or something, so I picked it up. And I thought, doesn't, that's not theirs. And then I looked in it, and it was definitely not ours. So I put it in my car. Uh, so I went and did the shopping with it, not really. I put it in my car. <laughs> and I come home, and I got the driver's license. She had a driver's license. And, I, and praise God for Facebook, hey? And so I get a name, Google the name on Facebook, search it on Facebook, find it on Facebook, write her a private message and say, hey, I think you might have dropped something at the Calamunda car park, your wallet. Here's a photo of it. Is this, I'll meet you back down there if you're around. And she's like, wowzers, just blew her away. And so I went, drove back down there and I said, I'll just be outside. Woolies in the bottle shop there. And then so she comes up and she says, Bradley, because that's my name on Facebook. And she's like, and yes. And I said, oh, this is yours. And she said, thank you so much. Can I buy you a six pack? So she actually said to me, I said, I was thinking a car. Not really. And... Um, <laughs> I said, no, no, this is not at all. I said, I said, you know, and uh, she said, I just, and you could just see in her eyes, like, you could, this guy could have done anything with this. And, you know, our whole life is in there, every card, everything that she had, and just this, this, this sense of kind. And it was an opportunity that I was like, it was fun. It's good, good to be kind. You feel like you're being like your father in heaven, just offering kindness. But hold that thought because there's something about that story which is quite interesting in a minute. See, both kindness and patience are really developed when we have eyes to see in the challenging times with the challenging people. See, that was easy for me on Thursday night, but let's just imagine that I picked that up and I looked in there and I saw the driver's license and let's say it was somebody that had hurt my wife's guy. Let's say it was somebody I knew who had hurt my family. That's when kindness is actually developed. Am I going to do the right thing then when this person has wronged me? This is the type of kindness that God gives. When we have wronged him, when we're enemies with him, while we were yet sinners, he still died for us. That's kindness. Not when it's easy, just give someone's wallet back. Whoopie-doo, good on you, Brad. What if it was somebody who hated me? What if it was somebody who was a criminal? When, that's when true Holy Spirit stuff is developed in our life. I hope that makes sense. We need that type of kindness. We overcome evil with good, with being kind. It is your weapon and it's on the inside of you. Let me read this to give you a biblical understanding of our responsibility as Christians. In fact, it's my last verse on kindness. It says this, Hebrews 6, 4. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance or patience, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger. Verse 6, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, catch this, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. What does 1 Corinthians 13 say? Love is patient. Love is kind. 
patience and kindness in not our own strength, but in the Holy Spirit. So the more you eat of what God, how kind he has been to you, the more the world that will flow out and the world will see how kind you want to be to them. Because man, when you know God has been kind to me every day of my life, he's never stopped being so kind to me, to kind to you. It's an amazing, powerful thing. And this is why Pentecost is so important because we need the power to manifest the fruit in our life. It's always in the Holy Spirit. Make sense? I'm going to ask the team to come up and we're going to finish in a minute. I have got no more slides, but I have got a scripture on my heart for Pentecost Sunday. Last scripture here. But before I do, do you receive that? Patience and kindness, yeah? That's who we are. Come on, let that be. You know, I, I, I love the gifts of the Spirit and, and they're so important and we don't throw them out. But let's get passionate about the fruit as well. Let's get passionate about the character of Christ being formed in us so that we can have the capacity here at Kalamunda to let the gifts flow, to hold what God wants us to hold and be who God wants us to be. And He's calling you patient and kind. I wonder what it would look like this week. As a final challenge on that, what's going on in your life where God's saying, "Ah, this is where I want you to lean on patience. This is where I want you to draw out kindness. It might feel unnatural to begin with, but it's actually who you really are on the inside. As you surrender to the Holy Spirit, we walk in the Spirit. And one of the first ways to surrender to Him, to surrender to Him, is to receive Him. And so maybe there are people here today, and like me at that time in my life, you've never actually You're a Christian, of course, you're a Christian, you're saved, but you've never actually said, I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And and if if that is you, we'd love to pray for you. We're going to, as we always do, our prayer team is available and we're going to have prayer after the service. But, um, But let me just read this scripture. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up in John 7 and he said in a loud voice this, and this is really, if this speaks to your heart today, I'm encouraging you to respond to it. Let anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him would later receive. Up until that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But now that he has been glorified and the Spirit has been given, he says, come and drink. The, 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 the things in this is if anyone thirsts, you know, the Holy Spirit fills thirsty vessels. He fills a yearning in your heart. There's like this yearning that there's just, there's more. It's not that you're not complete in Christ. It's just that He wants to fill you for power. And, and He says, if you're thirsty, that's who I'm looking for, thirsty people. And I'm looking for them to come to me. Don't come to religion, come to Jesus, come to Him. And then it says to drink. And that's the active part. That's our part. To actually drink, to receive, to say, Holy Spirit, I receive you. I receive your presence without fear. It's not a fearful thing. It's just receiving Him to baptize you, that Jesus would baptize you in His Holy Spirit and that rivers of living water would flow from your life. Flow from your life. I didn't pray in tongues when I first received the Holy Spirit that happened sort of later in my journey but I knew I knew I was baptized mate things were different (laughs) I was just different and if that's you this morning I'm going to give you an opportunity 
And I'm going to ask right now, in fact, why don't we just do it? It's not a fearful thing. If that's you, why don't we pray? Why don't you bow your heads with me, Father? I just pray for every person here. Anybody here that would say, I've never received the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, today, I want to do that. If you're a Christian and that's you, why don't you just come down the front right now and I'm going to pray with you. Yep, here in front of people and just pray and receive it. If that's you, you want to come forward? Feel free to come to the front right now. It's bold and courageous, I know. I don't do it to embarrass you. But uh, yeah, come on down. Anybody at all. And we're going to pray. The church is going to be in an attitude of prayer. I'm going to lay hands on you like Paul did. Nothing special about my hands. But I'm just going to lay hands on you for a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Do you guys want to come over, over this? Is that okay? I'll just pray for you guys together. Anybody else want to join them saying, hey, this is a very natural part of Christianity, by the way. It's not the weird part. This is a part of it. So I'm going to get you guys to pray a prayer after me of receiving the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to lay hands on you as Paul did as an impartation of a, a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. So church, as you're praying, uh, why don't you pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Lord, I'm a believer in you. And I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe you've poured it out at Pentecost. And I believe this gift is for me. So today, I receive your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to fill me, flow through me, and overflow. Holy Spirit, I yearn for more of you. I surrender my life to you. Come fill me afresh. And Father, right now, as I just lay hands, I just thank you for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you give Jesus. So Jesus, you baptize these uh, gentlemen in your Holy Spirit. Fill them with fresh power from on high, Father. As I lay the hands on, Father, and impart the power of evangelism into their life, the power of witness into their life. Father, as I lay hands on them, I just impart the power of boldness. That I declare and decree there will be a boldness over your life that you've never experienced before. You'll have words to speak that are so bold, they don't come from you, they come from the Holy Spirit. You'll lead others to the Lord because of the boldness in you. Father, I just pray over these gentlemen, Lord, your fresh blessing, your fresh power from on high. And Father, no matter what they feel or see, I thank you today, they remember they have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.